0: Biographical Bites from Bala, Laurel Hill West Stories, number 27, for mid December 2023. Jack Rose, old soul guitarist. Welcome to the 27th episode of Biographical Bites from Bala, Laurel Hill West Stories, an historic and active cemetery in Bala Kinwood, Pennsylvania. I am Joe Lex, retired professor of emergency medicine from Temple University, volunteer tour guide, and volunteer podcaster. Laurel Hill West opened in 1869 across the river from its sister cemetery, Laurel Hill East, in Philadelphia. It's more than twice as big as Laurel Hill East. It has a totally different feel and a strikingly different population. Like Laurel Hill East, it is open 365 days a year, now from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. There is plenty of parking at the business office just off Belmont Avenue or at the Conservatory and Bell Tower. Another possibility is just to come in while you're walking the Kinwid Trail. This 27th episode of Biographical Bites from Ballads for mid-December 2023. Jack Rose was a Philadelphia-based guitarist of the John Fahey School of Primitivism. He combined country blues, ragtime, jazz, and raga into a sound all his own. Tragically, he died when he was only 38 years old, but he left a recorded legacy that we can enjoy. Learn about American primitive guitar style and open-tuning finger-picking guitar in this episode of Biographical Bites from Bala. Jack Rose, an old soul guitarist. Jack Rose, old soul guitarist, 1971-2009. There are three guitar people of note that I have found at Laurel Hill West, The first American guitars were built by German immigrants. The most famous was Christian Frederick Martin, who was born in Saxony in 1796 and came to the United States in 1833. Martin can take credit for making the first American guitars in the 1830s in his New York shop before he eventually moved to Nazareth, Pennsylvania, where Martin Guitars is still in operation as a family-run business. Martin is interred in Nazareth, but if you play a guitar, you know about the Martin. A relative of his, Johann Paulus Berwind, 1813-1893, settled in Philadelphia. He also became a luthier, and his instruments, especially those made during the Civil War, are highly sought by collectors. Johann or John, had several children, among them the brothers Charles Frederick Burwind, 1846-1890, Edward Julius Burwind, 1848-1936, and Henry Augustus Burwind, 1859-1932. The brothers were partners in the Burwind White Coal Mining Company. At one time, it was the largest producer of coal in the United States. Edward, Charles, and their parents, Johann and Charlotte, are interred in a hexagonal mausoleum designed by Gilded Age architect Horace Trumbauer. That's in the Franconia section of Laurel Hill West. The third brother, Henry, is interred at Laurel Hill East under the magnificent Harriet Frischmuth statue, Aspiration. I talked about that way back in All Bones Considered Laurel Hill Stories number 8, The Lady Artists. Another guitarist of note at Laurel Hill West is Dennis Sandol, 1913-2000. Sandol taught himself guitar when he was 19, and with his brother Adolph on baritone sax, started recording in 1942. Through the war, he worked with the Ray McKinley Orchestra, the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra, the Boyd Rayburn Orchestra, and Charlie Barnett. He lived on the West Coast for a while, where he worked with Billy Holiday and Frank Sinatra. In 1955, the Sandol brothers recorded Modern Music from Philadelphia for the fantasy label, featured a young art farmer on trumpet, Tail Macero was on tenor sax, and Milt Hinton was on bass. In 1958, Dennis recorded another album called A Sandol Trilogy, and then he disappeared from the recording studio for more than 30 years until he reemerged in 1991. Dennis was teaching music in Philadelphia at the famed Granoff School of Music, located in the Theodore Presser Building at 17th and Chestnut. I talked about Presser in Biographical Bites from Bala, Laurel Hill West Stories, number four. One of Dennis Sandol's star pupils, was John Coltrane, whom he mentored with twice-weekly lessons from 1946 to 1950. Sandol taught Coltrane theory and improvisation and exposed him to the music of other cultures, all of which found their way into Coltrane's music. Among his other students, saxophonist James Moody and Benny Golson, trumpeters Art Farmer and Randy Brecker, Pianist Ron Thomas, Matthew Shipp, and Sumi Tanuka, jazz bagpiper Rufus Harley, and fellow guitarists Jim Hall, Billy Bean, and Pat Martino. Sandol is interred in the Pines Terrace Mausoleum at Laurel Hill West, not far from disc jockey Douglas Jocko Henderson. It's on the other side of Writer's Ferry Road. I may do a podcast about Dennis Sandol at some point. The third guitarist, Jack Rose, was a player in the style known as primitive. If you've ever heard John Fahey play guitar, you know what the primitive style is, since he more or less invented it. In 1959, 12 years before Jack Rose was born, John Fahey created a persona he called Blind Joe Death, and he released an album on his own label, Tacoma named after his hometown of Tacoma Park, Maryland. This was an album that sounded like nothing else being done at that time. John Fahey had absorbed the sounds of pre-World War II America, blues, ragtime, jazz, gospel, and other influences from what critic Greil Marcus called Old Weird America. he had listened to a lot of old musicians, including artists like Blind Blake. There's a great big mystery, and it sure is worrying me, this diddy boy diddy, this diddy boy diddy. I wish somebody would tell me what diddy boy diddy means. Little girl, about four feet, four. Told Papa and give me some more of your ditty war, did it? Your ditty did it? I wish somebody would tell me what ditty war did it, Mississippi John Hurt. Gary Davis. Just mm-hmm. <ISBN ting-ín-ín-> as <IRA> oh, long as I'm in this world, I am the light of this world. Just N- blocked, as right hmm. world. Oh, little, just mm-hmm. long yeah. as I'm as th- as ch- right 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 this in this world, I am the light this Willie Mattel. When I leave this town, pretty mom, I'm gonna wait to stay. Why love the woman better than I'd ever seen. I once loved a woman better than I'd ever seen. Treating me like I'm the king and she was a doggone queen. Sister, tell your brother. Elizabeth Libba Cotton, who played her guitar left handed and upside down. heard the Bahamian singer-guitarist Joseph Spence. There is one but John Fahey especially admired the father of the Delta Blues, Charlie Patton, about whom he wrote a monograph. Patton's style went on to influence a lot of other blues musicians like Sun House, Howlin' Wolf, Bucca White, Pop Staples, and many others. Mm-hmm. Eventually Fahey even started including Raga in his playing. Now while Fahey was exploring this sound from the United States, British guitarists Bert Yanch and John Renborn were making similar discoveries on the other side of the ocean. Thank you. form the group Pentangle. Fahey's record label attracted other like-minded guitarists in the 1960s. Soon, there was a school of music called American Primitive, and John Fahey was its leading exponent and godfather. Soon, Tacoma released albums by Leo Kotke. be bad show. Peter Lang. By the mid-70s, John Fahey was on the skids due to alcohol use and two failed marriages. Although he lived until 2001, he was mostly forgotten, except for a handful of guitarists who kept his memory alive. Jack Rose was one of those guitarists. He was born in Richmond, Virginia on 16 February 1971. He grew up in Fredericksburg. When he was 12 years old, his grandmother bought him a guitar, and he took to it at once. He put in many hours of practice, and he took lessons. He was obviously drawn to the sound of rock and roll, but his ear was especially tickled by the old acoustic country blues. Various record labels like Yazoo or reissuing music from 40 and 50 years earlier, much to the delight of people with big ears. When I did radio half a century ago, Yazoo was my introduction to many of the people that I mentioned before. Uh, Blind Blake, Reverend Gary Davis, Blind Willie Mattel, Charlie Patton, all of those records were released on Yazoo Records. Since Jack Rose didn't sing his instructor discouraged him from learning the acoustic blues, so he went electric. As a teenager, he played in some bar band gigs with various local groups, the Mice, Naked Lunch, Ugly Head. And when he studied English at Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond in the late 1980s, he fell in with the punk and noise fans. In 1993, he joined the trio Pelt, an amalgam of drone, drone, Appalachian folk music and improvisation. Jack moved to Philadelphia in 1998. There he held a series of brief jobs from Old City Coffee to Big Jar Books to Johnny Brenda's. He was a skilled chef who appreciated good food and drink. He was renowned among friends by making pizza in his home oven. But it was a cuisine art accident that left him needing eight stitches in a finger and this led him to develop his open-tuning, finger-picking style. Jack's first solo concert was in 2000 at a posthumous celebration of John Fahey's birthday. The audience reception gave him the courage he needed to proceed deeper into primitive American music, and he became more confident in his playing fingerstyle in public as he incorporated more and more Fahey into his own works. And just as John Fahey had become Blind Joe Death, Jack Rose now became Dr. Ragtime. His solo recording career as an acoustic guitar started with Hung Far Low, which was a self-released CD in 2001, followed by Red Horse White Mule, on Eclipse Records that same year. Dr. Ragtime, another CD issue, and... Opium Music on Eclipse in 2002. RAG Manifestos, it looks like a misspelling of RAGA, but it's R-A-A-G. The LP was on the Eclipse label. The CD was on the VHF Records label. That was released, RAG Manifestos was released in 2004. It was named one of the top 50 records of the year by British music magazine The Wire It was also in 2004 he was included in Devendra Barnhart's compilation, Golden Apples of the Sun, and this gained him even more followers. And in 2004 he toured Europe and he recorded a Peel session on BBC Radio. His records and CDs were selling modestly. It was enough to put food on the table and put a roof over his head. Everything seemed to come together in his fourth LP called Kensington Blues, which was issued by VHF Records. Jack says he chose the title because Fishtown Blues just didn't sound as cool. <laughs> Pitchfork Magazine really, really liked Kensington Blues. Quote, The apocryphal outline of Jack Rose's game runs something like this. Ragtime and Jess were bequeathed to him by the last words of Dr. Chattanooga Red, a mysterious mentor who allegedly told Rose to not let the ragtime die and to bring it into the 21st century. Twin Missions that produced Rose's 2003 homage to his teacher, Opium Music. True or not, it's a nice story, and the myth does seem operative. Rose often plays as if the health of ragtime rests on his shoulders alone. And maybe it does. John Fahey and Tacoma Records are gone and Rose's modern compatriots are increasingly seduced by the East, by psychedelics, and by a freak folk that owes less to American primitive than it might claim. Although Rose is no stranger to the Raga form, his tools are firmly those of the past. While the New Century's novel folk has already seen significant definition, Rose is largely alone in talking New Century ideas with the old language. Thus, Kensington Blues is derivative and at the same time nearly brilliant. The styles Rose employs are diverse. 12-string virtuoso shows, a slide guitar that alludes as much to the sitar as to the blues, solid traditional Tacoma ragtime, and folk. for tours started coming as many people were rediscovering this old, weird music that had essentially gone away for almost 20 years when John Fahey was falling out of favor. Jack went out on the road. He started to pick up a band of followers who scrutinized his every move. In 2009, he signed to Thrill Jockey Records. He prepared for a fall release of his album, Luck in the Valley, which added honky-tonk to the other styles of music he was playing. Some of his old friends from Pelt joined him under the new name, The Black Twig Pickers. Again, Pitchfork Magazine liked what they heard. Quote, The 1990s-2000s resurgence of John Fahey as an underground guitar hero inspired reams of skilled new players. Rose became one of the de facto leaders of this loose movement and his music seemed to grow and expand because of the company or perhaps the competition. Each subsequent solo album revealed advances in technique and imagination culminating in 2005's wide-ranging Kensington Blues. Rose also toured and collaborated more frequently as the decade progressed sharing space and sounds with everyone from Mogwai to British folk legend Michael Chapman to Black Twig Pickers, a bluegrass offshoot of Pelt. It's a big, bold work, just the way Rose was a big, bold guy. Confident, honest, forthright, sometimes to a fault, but always with a huge heart. This forceful poise is what distinguished him from his predecessors and peers. Though his playing was often intricate and subtle, it was never hesitant, always supremely assured. And luck, in particular, was intended to be big. As Rose told Foxy Digitalis in 2007, Kensington Blues has a really hard record to live up to, so the next one's just gotta be really good. Indeed, he outdid himself, luck isn't just good, it's great and it makes the stunning silence of his absence, already as large as his burly persona, feel even larger. This is Woodpiles on the Side of the Road from Luck in the Valley. Music reporter Brian Readmakers interviewed Rose in early 2009, and he made these observations, quote, Watching him amble up to his chair with guitar in hand signaled the start of near-religious experience. He would hunch over the instrument, cock his head to the side, and with closed eyes unleash wild, syncopated layers of rhythm, leaving listeners wrapped in a sort of devastated trance. Here was this giant bearded man suddenly becoming seamlessly enmeshed in his guitar to create these idiosyncratic spells that were at once as delicate as flowers and as forceful as hurricanes. Seeing that miracle in the flesh, there was nothing else like it in the world. For me, it was like being a jazz freak in the 1940s at living down the street from Charlie Parker." End quote. Sadly, Jack Rose's flourishing career was cut short. He died on Friday, 4 December 2009, of a heart attack. He was only 38 years old, survived by his wife, Lori Sutherland, his mother, father, brother, stepmother, stepsister. And stepbrother. His final resting place is in the green burial section at Laurel Hill West, also known as Nature's Sanctuary. Green or natural burial is an interment of the body of a dead person in the soil in a manner that does not inhibit decomposition but allows the body to be naturally recycled. It is an alternative to typical contemporary Western burial methods and modern funerary customs. The body can be prepared without chemical preservations or disinfectants such as embalming fluid which are designed to inhibit the microbial decomposers that break the body down. It may be buried in a biodegradable coffin, a casket, or a shroud. The grave does not use a burial vault or outer burial container that would prevent the body's contact with soil. The grave is shallow enough to allow microbial activity, like that found in composting. Both Laurel Hill East and Laurel Hill West have green burial sections. You can find out more at laurelhillphl.com/cemetery-funeral-offerings/green. A few weeks after his untimely death. Thurston Moore of Sonic Youth released a Rose tribute album, 12-string meditations for Jack Rose. And in February of 2010, there were two tribute concerts celebrating the release of Luck in the Valley. On the fifth anniversary of his death, there was a free concert at the Rotunda on West Walnut Street featuring guitarist Daniel Bachman and Chris Forsyth celebrating Jack's music legacy, and open-tuning styles. There was another concert on the 10th anniversary of his death in 2019. I think it's only reasonable to expect another memorial concert next year at his 15-year memorial. I will keep an eye out for it because I would like to see it. Story 2024 episode of All Bones Considered, Laurel Hill Stories number 58, you're going to hear about the beginnings of Big Pharma in Philadelphia. John K. Smith opened a drugstore on Second Street, which eventually evolved into Smith Klein and French, now GlaxoSmithKline. The Wyeth Brothers started a company which turned into the Wyeth Pharmaceuticals. William Warner started a drugstore, which evolved into Warner Lambert. And Robert Lincoln McNeil made acetaminophen into one of the safest and most used drugs in the world. We will hear all of their stories in the next episode of All Bones Considered, Laurel Hill Stories. In Biographical Bites from Bala, Laurel Hill West Stories, episode 28 for mid-January, I will tell you one of the musicians responsible for the beginnings of the Philadelphia Orchestra with the amazing name of Henry Gordon Thunder. Whether your tastes run to Gustav Mahler or John Philip Sousa, Henry Thunder was a huge part of the Philadelphia music scene for many years around the turn of the 20th century, yet he is little remembered today. I remind you there are self-guided tours available for both cemeteries. For Laurel Hill East, download the app. For Laurel Hill West, you can find it with your podcasts. It's a walkthrough from the Kidwood Trail entrance to the Pencoid exit and another in the opposite direction. If you do the round trip, it's almost two hours of stopping at stones, peeping in mausoleums, and hearing about nearly 100 people who helped make Philadelphia what it is today. All Bones Considered and Biographical Bites from Bala are mostly research, written, narrated, and produced by me, Joe Lex, retired professor of emergency medicine from Temple University, volunteer tour guide, and volunteer podcaster for both cemeteries. You can reach me through my email, joe at joelex.net. The theme song, Names at Peace, is by local artist James Harrow. Hey, maybe I'll see you on a tour. Stay safe stay well. The bibliography follows. As far as the bibliography, the only book that I used was Blind Joe Deaths America, John Fahey the Blues and Writing White Discontent by George Henderson. It was published by the University of North Carolina Press Chapel Hill in 2021. The other sources were all from the web. Um, Lots of stuff from Pitchfork. Six Organs of Admittance, Ten Truths, Untruths, and other completely subjective things from Pitchfork. There's a review of Jack Rose's opium music. Kensington Blues was reviewed on November 1st, 2005, and that's from an article called Jack Rose, Kensington Blues Album Review from Pitchfork. Ragged and Right was from Pitchfork. Jack Rose, D. Charles Spear in the Helix, Regged and Right Album Review. Luck in the Valley, same thing. Another album review from Pitchfork, who really, really liked Jack Rose's work. There is Jack Rose Biography by Steve Leggett, L E G G E T T. Jack Rose, versatile master of the guitar, is dead at 38 by Peter Keepnews. That was his obituary in the New York Times. About Jack, written by Bill Meyer, M E Y E R. Remembering Dr. Ragtime, guitarist Jack Rose, by Joel Rose, no relation. Steel Strings and Wood, A Guide to American Primitive Music by Jim Allen. American Primitive Guitar by Greg Cahill. That is a blog dated 12 February 2019. And then Ah Man, A-H-M-A-N, A Career Spanning Conversation with Jack Rose recorded just a few weeks before he died in 2009. That is from the alternative publication, Arthur, by Brian Rademakers, R-A-D-E-M-A-E-K-E-R-S. Pretty much everything else was just stuff that I picked off the web. So I don't have any big articles to send you to on that. Lots of Jack Rose's music is available from Amazon or wherever you buy your music, as is almost the complete catalog of John Fahey. Okay, thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay well, and maybe I'll see you at the cemetery.